The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. Deep into Christmas season now and I really don't think you can go wrong as with a book as a Christmas gift but also when you need 20 minutes to yourself over the festive season a book is a great way to get away from all that turkey and all that talk. So Tracy McEnany from Waterford Library Services joins me this morning to help us with our book choices for ourselves and as gifts. I really don't think you can go wrong as a book as a gift Tracy even if you don't like the book at least you can re-gift it you know it'll always be in pristine condition so we're going to have a look at some of the the books that might make a good suggestion for mother-in-laws or for sisters or aunts and you've lots of suggestions here have you a book of the year Tracy and what kind of books do you like to read I would read anything. I like a good crime uh, I book. I love a good crime book. Um, my book of the year would probably be Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. And I also love Claire Keegan. Okay. I think she's brilliant. And that would make a very good uh, present. Claire and is Keegan. that small things like these? Or are you small, thinking of other, well, another book from her? Well, small things like these is remember she, we're making the film in New Ross this year yes. so hopefully it'll be out next year and it's set in New Ross the book absolutely. as well absolutely yeah. uh, but So Late in the Day is the new book it was out in August 2023 um, and it is about 50 pages long I yeah I don't know how I'd feel about buying a book for, uh, with 50 pages in it well it's going to be one of those books that as you said re-gifting Everybody wants to read this book. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's I know it does seem a bit strange. It's got a little hard cover on it. It's actually a beautiful looking book as well and so easy to wrap. Very important. Well, true, so true. Um okay, so let's talk about some other um pieces of fiction that people might be interested in and one that I loved um is Snowflake by Louise Nealon. Um it was published in 2021 and you're saying it would be a good audiobook even for people. It's a fantastic audiobook. Uh the person who narrates this audiobook is Louisa Harlan and she plays Orla McCool in Derry ah, Girls. Okay. Ve- now, she found it hard to get the voices. She found the voices of the friends easier. And uh, but like she's oh, it's absolutely fantastic. So what you're noticing that she found some of the voices hard. Oh, she did. She actually said that. She like there was that. there was the the author and um, Louisa didn't meet up. They were emailing each other. OK. And of course, Louisa got all the Derry girls to read the book. Uh-huh. So that was kind of nice. Uh, the author was getting um, emails back from the Derry girls saying, yeah, we love the book. Um, it's about a Debbie. She's 18. She's from uh, a dairy, a dairy farm in um, Kildare. And uh, she gets accepted into Trinity College. But it's, it's yes, it's her Trinity College life, but it's also her home life. Yeah. Uncle Billy. Now, when uh, Louisa was writing this book, uh, Louise Nealon was writing this book, she found it really easy to get Uncle Billy's voice. She actually had Uncle Billy's voice when she was about 18 years okay. of age. But she didn't write the book until she was 29 years okay. of age. Because, you know, she went off to Trinity herself, mm. the author, honed her craft. And um, and it's one Dublin, one book. So in 2024, every single person will be reading this book. Wow. Yeah. And okay. there'll be a special edition of this book brought out. And then, you know, in Dublin, they have events um, around April is the big month for one Dublin, one book. Mm-hmm. And they have events all around the book. Great. And of course, all these books that we talk about are available in all the library services across the country. And I have done this myself. I have reserved a book. It might take a few weeks to get to you, but you can pop along and reserve all these books that might be of interest of, to you and you don't necessarily want to buy them as gifts. Um, can we just talk about Strange Sally Diamond which was one of your books of the year from Liz Nugent. I really think this was her best book. Um, at one stage some of the stuff that she's writing about was so horrific that my legs went a little bit weak and I've never felt like that about a book. Her ability to describe horrific events is phenomenal. 
That's what I think. Um, it was one crime book of the year. Um, Liz Nugent is just getting better and better. Like this is her fifth book. I love Liz Nugent because her books are all standalone books. Mm-hmm. So you don't, it's not a big series. And I do think you are definitely on the money there. Strange Sally Diamond is Liz Nugent's best book, I I've, think. I actually bought this for a few friends as well. Like, as we said, you can't go wrong with a book and that really is an excellent one. Some other suggestions as gifts too or for yourself tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow from Gabrielle Zevin and then the Booker Prize shortlist Beasting from Paul Murray who brought us Skippy Dies and this is almost his difficult second book, isn't it? Because it's a good few years ago that we um, saw Skippy Dies. That's right. This is 600 pages. I loved it. Like some people would balk at that. I would be so happy to see a 600 pager. No, no I think no book should be longer than 300, 350. Oh, That's it. Okay. But like the 600 pages, um, I thought this book left me wanting more. Brilliant, brilliant ending. And um, I think, um, you know, it's a family drama. A very wealthy family loses it all. And then you have like the Dickie is the father in the, the book and he had a car dealership, lost that. And Melda, his wife, was used to living the fine life. And of course, now she's selling her clothes. Mm-hmm. You've got Cassie, the daughter, who doesn't know if they're going to be able to pay for her to go to college. And then poor old PJ, he's been bullied and they're building bunkers in the garden. No, it's a, it's a great, great book. Good stuff. So that might be a good one for a gift. It's from Paul Murray and it was Booker Prize shortlisted. It is called Beasting, but it also won the book of the year, the novel of the year at the Unpost Book Awards there recently. And also the Booker Prize winner, which we heard last week, is a man called Paul Lynch. It's called Prophet Song. It's set in the future where the far right are in control. It might be an interesting one. I'm always a little, you know, when you hear of the Booker Prize winners, you think this will be great. And then I read it and sometimes they're so over the top intelligent that... I, I, I just have to leave it to one side but I really hear good things about this one. This is very good. I, I'm i the same as you sometimes the Booker Prizes but I think now they're getting definitely more readable mm. as the years are going on. Um, it's not really a Christmas book but um, everybody will be delighted to see this in their stocking and the book will make you cry. It's a great book. We're delighted with the win for Paul Lynch. It is very well deserved. Brilliant. And then, of course, our, the South East own Megan Nolan, Ordinary Human Failings. She was in here on the Sunday Grill a few months ago. She is just such a great writer. She has two books out now, but the latest one, so Acts of Desperation was her first book. Is that right? And Acts then, of Desperation was her first book. That was a TikTok sensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got The Ordinary Human Failings. She's up for the Nero Book Awards um, in, in England at the moment. And um, it's based uh, in the 90s, 90s and present day, I think mm-hmm. it is. And it's London and Waterford. The Greens are from Waterford. They're living over in London at the moment and their child is accused of killing another child. Okay. It's a great book. Good stuff. That is called Ordinary Human Failings. It's from Megan Nolan. Um, let's talk about some non-fiction books if you've that sort of a person in your life. You have, have you listened to or read the Arnold Schwarzenegger um, book, Seven Tools for Life? I have listened to it on audiobook. Okay, so this is him giving a bit of advice but telling his life story at the same time. Yes, but don't let you that put you off because okay. I wasn't really an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan but now I think he is the bee's knees. He's real inspirational. He is uh, break the mould, uh, go for your dreams, um, keep fighting and be the best you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I think this is, actually I think nearly every single person should um, listen to this book or read this book. Okay. I know I was, uh, there was a guy telling me and he was listening to it in the gym. And if you are listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger in the gym on your audiobook, 
uh, it would definitely inspire you to pump a bit more okay. iron. So no, it's a very, it's a good one. It's a good one. Okay. And the second one is by Paul Flynn and it's called Butter Bite. Butter Boy even. Tell us about that. This is Paul Flynn Butter Boy. This is the uh, tannery owner down in Dungarvan. Ah, yeah. And this is for a person who spends, likes spending time in the kitchen. It's his articles from the Irish Times. He was writing for the Irish Times from since 2019 and it's his articles and recipes. And that was all COVID time so it's a real super duper recipes, yeah. you know, the comfort recipes that we all like. So that would be a lovely Christmas present as well. Just quickly give us a young adult book if you've one in mind. Big Bad Me, Ashling mm-hmm. McLaughlin. You cannot go wrong with this. It's about teenage werewolves and vampires. So I used to love vampires when I was younger and it's Evie Wilder. She just found out she's a vampire, or a werewolf actually. Her mother goes missing and so she has to come out of hiding. But it's it was on all the bestseller lists earlier in the year and it is very, very good. Okay, good stuff. And children, picture books. We're always looking for books for kids at Christmas time. Give us three of your favourite ones there. The It's Too, da- Too Dark Puffling by Erica McCann and Jerry Daly. That's a gorgeous picture book. Um, now, I went from the French of Fairies Save Christmas that's Lucy Kennedy that's six to nine years okay. of age Isadora Moon six to nine again that's Harry Munkaster mm-hmm. uh, then you've got in my house yeah David Williams of course you can't go wrong uh, Jeff Kenny you can't go wrong with Diary of a Wimpy Kid but also the picture books you know the, the Louisa uh, the Julie Donaldson books you can't go wrong with that um, they're so iconic you'd oh, almost want them in your library at home in your kids little section absolutely yeah. absolutely. but there's just some lovely lovely books and if you're going into the, the bookshop ask people for suggestions mm-hmm. because they know mm-hmm. they are, that's their business to mm-hmm. know what sells what's you know very popular at the moment so true and then finally Tracy you're sick of family talk you're sick of talking about who's dead who's eating too much, all of that conversation. You just want to stick your headphones on and go out and trudge yourself along the roads of the southeast. What would you recommend for an audiobook, be it on Audible or on BorrowBox from the library services? What would you be the big one? cannot go wrong with Britney Spears, The Woman in Me. Oh yes, Michelle Williams. Read by Michelle Williams, yeah. It's five and a half hours long. Um, it is fantastic. I'm 50 years of age. Britney is 41 years of age. We all grew up with Britney. Mm-hmm. We all saw her in the headlines. And Britney has had a tough owl life. Mm-hmm. Um, she's had a lot of rotters. The families are, were, family treated her terribly. The photographers treated her terribly. The husbands, the boyfriends. And she's come out the other side. But Michelle Williams reads this so wonderfully that this really is the one to block out all the, the Christmas noise with this audiobook. And it's funny you say that because when Britney's book came out, I've never heard people talk about who the narrator of an audiobook was so much. It really was like such big news that it was Michelle Williams and she did it so amazingly. So well, well you, that happens when you but are a lot, an winner. Uh, well, a lot of the actors and actresses do audiobooks. Mm. And uh, Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights. That's another brilliant book, another kind of inspirational book mm-hmm. uh, for audiobooks. And that was like very popular three years ago. And um, and Bono, mm-hmm. Bono Surrender. That's a fantastic, that's one of my best audiobooks ever to listen to. But it's 20 hours long. Okay. And uh, But I'm not a Bono fan. But the sound effects, they have rain. I was going for a walk one day. It was raining. And of course, I said, oh gosh, it's really raining hard here now. It's really raining heavy. Oh, and it wasn't was raining at all. It was raining on the book. Wow. And it's all his songs. Okay. So you get snippets of his songs in the um, audiobook as well. Really good. So that might be a suggestion as well. And as you said, it's 20 hours, 25 minutes long. It's from Bono, his autobiography. It is Surrender. So lots of suggestions there. Can I just say, if you're going to use BorrowBox and you're thinking of it for Christmas, go look at the books that you want now because there might be a wait list on them. 
But for example, I'm listening to Rachel, uh, Rachel's Holiday again. Again, the actress can't really do Irish accents. It's a, it's a weird one. And if you're listening to audiobooks, give it about an hour because yeah. you would your your ear will get used to the accents because yeah. some accents oh, are yeah. awful. When I heard the actress called Ushin Ushan, I was like, oh, this woman is not Irish. But uh, Barrow Box from the library services, you might have to wait a little bit, but once you put a reservation on it, it'll tell you the date that it is. And available. you know, member library membership is free. Yes, exactly. So lots of ideas for books that you can get yourself from free in the library or if you want to buy them as gifts for people as well. And of course, I'll put all those book suggestions up on our website site on beat102103.com but in the meantime Tracy McNeeny from Washford Library Services thanks a million for coming in this morning The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102103 We're looking back that is Michelle Heffernan and Jolene Murphy and we're looking <laughs> back on the second last month of the year this morning uh, we call it that was the month that was my regular pals are here Jolene and Michelle they're both very welcome squeaky chair or not look lots of terrible things happened in November but we really want to look on the lighter side of the month and when I say light it, it got ridiculously light and I do think that's because of all the awfulness that was going on I'm talking Harry Styles shaved head to uh, Molly May regretting that she put a 2,500 euro <laughs> coat into the charity bin. Yeah. Celebrity news just got a bit ridiculous in yeah. Got a bit grim there for a while, didn't it? Yeah. But um, the Harry Styles thing, I've only seen that as like a really quick meme that he shaved his head because he was apparently looked exactly like Ian Beale from EastEnders. <laughs> Other than that, I actually had no idea that he had shaved his head. So that's probably as much as I can contribute. I mean... <laughs> Well, I don't know how to talk about it in a way that I don't want to offend any men with no hair. No, it's because not. Because there's very attractive men oh, with no hair. But I think that is the angle the that factor. I would like to take. That there is something, there is nothing more shocking than something a you're being head. used to yes. on a man suddenly disappearing. And I wonder if Harry's crowning glory is what made him so attractive. I think Harry Styles is always going to be attractive. Have you seen I him with the, think, with the shaved head? Honestly, right, Laura. Laura. Oh, Orla, who's old, who's Laura? <laughs> before I watched interviews with Harry Styles, before I saw him as a performer, a solo performer, I didn't think he was that attractive in his One Direction days. Okay. I thought he kind of looked like a frog. Oh. Nice. oh. And I didn't think he was the most attractive one. I thought that Zane or even... Mm, Zane is very hot. Um, Liam... Okay. were more stereotypically attractive. Mm. Yeah, then, I wouldn't have put Harry as the top number one Harry spot. Harry seems to be this kind of guy but that now he is. if you met him, he'd say, pleasure. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it his personality. Lovely. Yeah, And he'd hold the door open and he'd say, after you, my lady. Mm. <laughs> and so I think he's always going to be attractive. Yeah, I think mm. hair or not, like he still has that edge. But I think that he did, I think it was a deliberate thing in the sense of, um, how ridiculous it is that we fanfare over mm. a part of his body. Mm-hmm. And I think that he knew what he was doing by saying, OK, bye, I'm going to take get rid of this all now and see what you say. But it's- I read an article that said that we don't know how long he's had this shaved head, that he could have had it for months and he only really was at a game, at a sporting game in when public. he came out with yeah. this in public. So I also think pa- Harry isn't even thinking like that. He's just thinking, ah, sure, I'll shave my head. It's you know, really he has, of- like his girlfriend has moved in with him now in the oh. hotel. Yeah, In the so, hotel? Yeah, I think it's like Harry's having his place renovated. So Harry owns these two old mansions in London and he's trying to put them together into one big house. Okay. So he's been staying apparently in some Lux Hotel 
while um, they're getting renovated. And his girlfriend, is she Bailey? I can't think of her name. Mm. Or like, you can look it up for me, Derek. Okay. Um, and apparently <laughs> she's been seen coming to and from the hotel room. So the paps are putting two and two together and saying, listen, they're basically living together. She's yeah, staying yeah. over all the time. How Maybe John she Lennon got sick of him. all the hairs in the bed. Maybe yeah. she was like, it's just too much hair. It's reminiscent of when David Beckham first cut his hair. It's like the world stopped for a moment and went, whoa, this is not what we needed right now, but also we can't stop looking. Yes. Um, I th- I think it's going to look fantastic with or without hair. And but isn't it, And like we said at the top of the hour, there's so much grim and horrific and sad news that you're kind of thinking, why am I consuming Harry Styles <laughs> and his new hair? But sometimes you just need... It's escapism. Do not use your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really hope he donated the hair. You know he didn't. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> Orla! But why would he? It's not nice he not had that long... kind of a nice guy? I know, but like, it's not like he had the longest hair in the world oh, no, or I anything. I think odd people would want it for odd things, yeah, maybe. You know, for, yeah. for an odd amount of money. I hope that it went that. to a good cause. Yeah, okay. His girlfriend is Taylor Russell, by the way. Taylor, not Bailey. Bailey, Bailey Russell. Russell. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's talk um, a sadder story and that's... Matthew Perry died at the end mm. of October, but it, it yeah. took uh, the Friends cast. They released a joint statement when he died. But about two weeks ago, they all put their own little statement about Matthew on their Instagram, and each one of them was as gorgeous, as gorgeous as the, as the last. Yeah. Um, and you're I a remember big Friends fan, huge Friends fan. But the morning that I found out, I woke up and got a text from my nephew who saw it break overnight, and he said, "Oh my God." Matthew Perry died. I'm so sad. So oh. the first thing I did was read that and call him. And he was actually in the house on his own that night. And he was up all night thinking about him. Like oh. it was like a real deep connection. And he's only 16. And um, he was like, you know, I didn't realize how much of a connection I had until someone passed away. And I then left it for an hour or two and then went back online mm-hmm. and I started seeing all of the reels. It's like, oh, I'll meet you down at the coffee house later. And there's like sad music in the background. And it actually it brought me to tears for a good hour because I grew up in Match Perry. I still watch Friends. Like Dylan's like, we got terrestrial TV for the first time and I put on Comedy Central. And what was on? Friends. And he's like, no, no, no. If you're going to watch it, watch it on Netflix. But you can't watch it. Like it's my go to. Put it on the background. I don't need to worry about it. When I found out that he died, it was like the world stopped for a moment and mm. it will always stop oh. on the 28th of of October now because yeah. Matthew Perry died. But also, um, the week that they, they brought out the, the, the group statement and everybody kind of stopped and waited and about 10 days later, Matthew Perry was laid to rest in Los Angeles and the subsequent two or three days after that, they came out one after another and it was like, yeah, who's going to be next? First. Who's going to be next? Yeah. Or Matt LeBlanc. Or Matt and, LeBlanc, and it was like, who's going to be next? And Matt LeBlanc's was so sweet because at the end of it, he's like, yeah. I guess I'm not getting my no, 10 bucks back, that. you know? And um, like everybody stopped for that moment and I went on to Eason's to buy um, to buy Matthew Perry's uh, autobiography and... Um, Friends love and the big terrible thing and it was sold out and it was sold out in multiple places that week or two. I actually just got it in the post last week and I haven't started oh my it. God, I have it. I could yeah. have given it to you. No, I, do you know what, that kind of way, like my own copy you now, if you're going to connect to something you'd want. And yeah. I, to be fair, I wasn't in a rush to read it, but I, I'm really looking forward to sitting down to it now. But um, yeah, I think the world stopped for a moment and they won't... Um, they, 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 the show will never be the same and the cast, uh, they say that they will never be the same as a group of friends, um, you know, personally, but also Jennifer Aniston has put out a call just this week to make sure that his legacy continues on with the hard work he's done with men battling addiction and to make sure that it's not to be forgotten, yeah. which is so important to say. Who is your favourite friend? 
do you know what? I would have been. Da- I actually would have said it was David Schwimmer mm. up until about three or four years ago, and then I started to see him very differently. Um, looking back, I don't think um, he would have gotten away with as much. No. He was very protective over Rachel. Mm. There were some very sketchy things that he did that I shouldn't have done. Obviously, this and is his character. The character, friends. excuse me, not David Schwimmer. <laughs> David, I love you if you're listening. Of course you are. But um, Ross, he would have been my favourite. But. Um, like I, my heart is always with uh, Matthew Perry was the funniest. You know, all the boys in school wanted to be Matthew Perry when oh, you were yeah, in yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. all wanted to be Chandler. And mm-hmm. if you could try and think, oh, I think I'd like Phoebe as my best friend or Rachel or whoever. Like he was always the strongest character. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh my God, I'm emotional listening to yeah. you. Oh, yeah. But it's so true, like the connection and the meaning that that season had and I think that was really brought home to me when they did the reunion Yes, about how all of these viewers all over the world felt companionship from the TV show Mm. and I'm the same Friends was my background program to have on Um, and there's something really comforting Mm -hmm. about it and so it was like we lost Mm. one of us it was mm-hmm. it stopped for a moment and I'll still see that reel where it's um, Joey and Chandler move out or uh, Joey moves out and he's like so uh, and he's at the door and he's like uh, scratch his head like, so I guess I'll uh, I'll see you at the coffee house later and he's like yeah like just that moment it's like they'll still always have that show yeah. they'll always have each other in those okay. memories even though some of them say they can't remember filming it it was so long ago Courtney Cox says Chandler she can't remember and Joey it. too was a great um, representation Duo. of like healthy masculine friendship yeah. Because there was a really big emotional connection. Yeah, they there, loved each other. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I they loved showed the it. friendship there between yeah, in real life as well. Yeah. So just quickly, let's, let's come home to Katie Taylor, and of course she claimed redemption with a majority decision victory over Chantal Cameron in Dublin Woo-hoo! last week. Jolene stayed up first. <laughs> she paid stayed, her money. Stayed up until el- ten past eleven. Ten past the eleven. Oh, oh my goodness! I'm an early bird now. She's way past my bedtime. Yeah. I paid the subscription. It was the first time I've ever paid to watch a sporting event in my life. I saw the first one was back it in exciting? May. It was very thrilling. I have to say. Also, the subsequent match, the matches before were actually really great as well. There's a few Irish winners there and all very, um, I can't remember their names, God forgive me, but it was the lead up to it. There was such a good buzz um, online as well from people that I knew and, and following on Twitter and then just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and she finally comes out onto the stage and I did, I watched the 10 rounds, she stood for all 10 and she won by majority and it was extraordinary and I'd 100% watch it again. And everyone talked it. about the fact, this was the big thing the next day that Ed Sheeran was there. I know, yeah, was all like, of the things. It was so Ed random. Ed her friends. And did you see the picture of him lying across no. with his arm up? It's like yeah. she's sitting there with her <laughs> trophy after sweating All after of her, her win. And he's just lying on the floor Woo. with his head in his hand. And it wor- I can see why it works because yeah. Katie is very shy or she comes across quite shy yeah. and reserved. And I think Ed Sheeran would appreciate someone like I that as well. I think he's down to earth as much very as he can be earth. for a megastar. He was asked who he would fight in a boxing match and this is what he had to say. If you were to step in the ring and fight someone on this Misfits boxing scene, who would it be? Capaldi. Lewis Capaldi. Yeah, 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 that yeah. would sell absolute yeah. numbers, Frank Smith. Yeah, we'll get that. I'd do it. Yeah, we'll I'd do it. it. Lewis, <laughs> can have you. <laughs> <laughs> Just some profanities, there's some fighting no, talk. Some, some, fri- some fighting talk. Yeah, I think he probably picked a good one with Lewis But Capaldi. at the last one as well, it was Conor McGregor that stole the show of who was sitting in the audience. And then this time it was Conor, or it was, uh, Ed Sheeran. And I was like, who I could it be next? Yeah. But also, you know, a little nod to Ed Sheeran. You know, his uh, granddad was a big part of the boxing club yeah, in Gorey. Yeah, Gorey in County Wexford. Mm-hmm. So he obviously knows big his fan. stuff when it comes to boxing. Great. Well, that was the month that was. Next month is our 
last of 2023. So we, Weird. We, we might look back on the year, although that's really <laughs> a tough one. That would be really hard. Lots to fill in there. It's always hard to I do a kind of look back. I back at it myself, saying, yeah. what did you do, Michelle? And then you can never months. think. Yeah. I'm just glad yeah. that we didn't talk about Black Friday because I bought nothing and I would have nothing to contribute this month if you talk oh, about Black Friday. I bought something. <laughs> I bought something and I didn't realise you have to look on a certain website. You have to look at when it's going to be delivered. Do you know when it's going to be delivered? <laughs> it's Christmas. 29th of January. Stop. Oh, I'm, so, I'm good for you. Yeah, anyway, we could, talk, we could talk for hours <laughs> about that. Thanks a million. That's Jolene Thank and Michelle. Hi. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. Across the southeast, it is Beat 102-103. Now, let's talk about a great idea um, from Renew Enterprises based in Waterford, in Johnstown in Waterford. We're going to chat to Sean Darcy. He's the manager there. and He's going to tell us about their Christmas bike appeal. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Sean. Thanks very much for having me. You might tell us a little bit about what you do at Renew Enterprises all year round. Yeah, so uh, Renew is a, a non-profit uh, social enterprise based in, uh, right in the centre of Waterford City. So what we do is uh, we try to provide structured and supportive employment for people who are distant from the labour market. Uh, and we, we do this mostly by working in the circular economy. So it's like keeping things, you know, preventing things becoming waste, mm-hmm. um, kind of rejuvenating them and putting them back into circulation. So we do bikes paint and woodwork so I suppose we're talking about the bike appeal we take in donations of bikes uh, we fix them up bring them back to their best and then we sell them on Um, so that'd be like a real big part of the organisation And who is usually working for you and doing all that sort of stuff? So we've got four staff at the moment so they're they're all lads that for I suppose whatever reason would have found it difficult to get employment elsewhere. So we take obviously their well-being and their training and education very seriously. So we put support in place to support them in their employment. We make try our best to make sure that their employment is structured. We put money into their training and all that sort of stuff. So they work for us full time at the moment. We've got two full time bike mechanics. So they'd be the ones I suppose doing the work on the ground on this. So this is a great idea because I know myself personally, I have been trying to donate or really get rid of a bike for, I'd say, the past three years. I've put it up on all the different websites. I've even offered it for free. No one seems to want it. It's a bit rusty and weird looking. Um, I know Mm -hmm. you can possibly recycle them in some of the amenities, some of the recycling centres. But tell us what you're Mm -hmm. doing then. I suppose what we do is like we'll we'll never turn away a bike so if somebody comes into us with a bike we'll take it off them even if like you know the bike is maybe too far gone to bring it back to their be- back to its best or it doesn't make financial sense to actually put that money into it but what we do is we strip it then for any good parts that are on it so like say for example if the brake pads are good or the wheels or the tires we'll take them off and then that'll go in towards you know keeping the cost of another bike down uh, and then those bikes then we bring it to uh, a recycling centre and we actually get paid for, oh, for okay. the strap for it so it's it's a win-win either way for us. And then it's also, like you said, you know, so many people don't know about us and there's a lot of bikes. You'd be really surprised the amount of bikes that get thrown out every year. Mm. So we're preventing them becoming waste, but we're also making bikes more affordable to the average person while employing people in our local community as well. So definitely the circular economy. And you're aiming for this Christmas bike appeal to get 60 bikes. Is that right? 
60 bikes, yeah. So we're looking at uh, 20 adults, 20 kids, 20 teenagers. So we've got all the adults. We're primarily focused now on just getting the teens and kids bikes. And this is a, an initiative supported by the Waterford Area Partnership where we get these 60 bikes, we fix them up, and then the Area Partnership take them off our hands and distribute them to refugees throughout the city and county. Okay, brilliant. So this time it goes to people who are refugees in the county. So you have got the 20 adult, but you want 20 kids and then just a middling size, is it? Yeah, a teenager. So that'd be kind of frame sizes for like uh, 22 inches to 26 inches, just a little bit smaller than adults. Like in some adults' bikes, if you put the saddle down, it'll do for a teenager Mm. as well. But like I said, we'll never turn away a bike. Like if anybody who's listening has any bikes that are lying around or they know of people who might do or they have a bike that maybe their kid or their teenager is just growing out of, like I'd just be saying, don't be shy, just bring them straight down to us because either way, it'll go to, to great use with us, you know. And how do people, like, do you ever go and collect the bikes or do people need to get the bikes to you? We try our best to go and collect bikes when we can, but we're, like, you know, we're a small organisation with a small number of staff. So, we like, we'd want a few, if you're going on a run, you'd want to collect a few bikes to kind of make it worth your while. Um, but like I said, if people contact us and they say, look, we're finding it difficult to... Uh, to get the bike down to you we put them on a on a list and then when we have maybe four or five different people we hit them all in one go yeah. okay good stuff um, so that is one to two Johnstown which if you don't know Waterford is very near um, Waterford City itself so not too law, far to travel you are Renew Enterprises people can get you on info at renewenterprises.ie have you got any social media or anything if people can check you out yeah if people want to follow us on Facebook that's our most active uh, social media so if people follow Renew Enterprises on Facebook Facebook, you'll see all the updates that anything to do with the organisation there and you'll learn more about us as well. Brilliant and that is Renew Enterprises Christmas Bike Appeal that's Sean Darcy the manager so you're saying you have the 20 bikes for adults but you need about 20 for teenagers and 20 for kids is that right? Yeah yeah, exactly. We have We won't turn our nose up at that either. So, <laughs> so just any, for this initiative. Okay, so that to. initiative is Christmas bikes. But if you have a bike that no one has gone near in years, and you're thinking they don't want adult bikes, that is not true. They'll take it anyway. Is that right? Exactly. We'll never turn. We'll never turn away a bike. Never. Okay. So you must be inundated with bikes, are you? Uh, we are at the moment actually yeah, coming to Christmas and this bike appeal now we've got a lot more interest in it but like you can never have enough they're, they're always going out like it's, it's actually, we're actually a fairly active uh, bike shop at the moment you know Brilliant well you're doing great work and really contributing to the circular economy as you said that is Renew Enterprises and that is its manager Sean Darcy and they're based in Waterford City in Johnstown Sean thanks a million and happy Christmas uh, Thanks so much same to you thanks for having me the Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102 103.